Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't don't be afraid to push boundaries because it does get you noticed. I think the whole beg for forgiveness later is definitely a rule to follow and contact. B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X, and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of B2B Content Strategist. I'm your host, Amy Woods, the founder of Content 10X, And in this episode, I speak with Bethany Fagan, who is the head of content marketing at Pandadoc. Pandadoc is a platform for creating, managing, tracking and e-signing documents. Bethany has been there for seven years and has watched the company go from a scrappy startup to unicorn status. And her team has grown from just herself to an all-star squad of five. In this conversation, we talk about her team's current priorities from a content perspective, why they are embracing the year of the customer. We also talk about successfully producing content that's B2B, but not boring. Also her team's favorite tools for project management, how they are doing more with less, and how repurposing their content plays a big role in their strategy. It's a fantastic conversation with loads of valuable takeaways. You are going to love this, so let's dive in. Bethany, welcome to B2B Content Strategist Podcast. It's great to have you on. Thanks, thanks for having me, Amy. Really, really nice to be here. Yeah, I know. It's great to have you. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation as we've been doing our research at PandaDoc. We've been having a lot of fun because you guys are a fun, high-energy company, so Thank um, you. And, and I guess that's a great segue to ask you, could you just um, really just summarize uh, your role and a bit about PandaDoc as well for anyone who's not familiar? Yeah. So um, PandaDoc is um, the fastest growing document automation and e-signature platform and solution. And I've been there um, seven years. I celebrated my seventh anniversary in February. So that's really exciting um, for me. And um, I'm head of content there. So um, my role obviously has evolved a lot as we are a growing organization and business, but now I manage a team um, of four, five, including myself. Um, I have a copywriter on the team. Um, I have uh, Travis Tyler, who you've probably seen all over at LinkedIn. He is our video content producer. Um, and then I have, I'm responsible for webinar and in-person live events. And then I have a full-time social media uh, manager as well. So Tyler is in charge of social community, all sorts of things. And of course, Miracle and Molly round out the copywriter and the event person. So yeah, we're a pretty robust team. Yeah, absolutely. When you first started, so you just had your seven-year anniversary, what did the team look like then? Was it, uh, were you the first marketing person on the ground at that time? I wasn't the first marketing person, but I was the first uh, content person, if you will. So it was just me. Um, so I was um, actually, um, I had a colleague at the time who had started, we literally started the same day. And within, I think, three or four months, Martin had left the organization because he had an opportunity he couldn't refuse. And so then it was just me as kind of one of the only native English speakers on the the marketing team at the time. And 
Um, I, uh, in college, I was a journalism major, a PR journalism major, and I've always loved writing. I've always loved content. And lucky for me, my, my role has just evolved into, into this full-time managing a content team. So in the earlier days of Panadoc in 2016, um, I was primarily responsible for partner marketing. So I worked with a lot of our integration partners on co-marketing um, events, uh, campaigns, um, all sorts of things. And then I would help um, demand gen from time to time, write ads, or um, I managed our social media channels on myself at, at one point. So yes, I was doing a lot of different content things um, back then, but I was the sole, the sole person on, on the team responsible for that. Yeah. And now you've got an, an awesome team with you. In terms of how the team work, are you a hybrid, like virtual team or um, is, do you physically work together? Yeah, we're fully remote. Um, we've been, I've, I've actually been fully remote for Panadoc since oh, before the pandemic. So I would say 2017, I think. So I was one of the first people um, to work from remote just because we moved from California to New York City. But um, yes, we're fully remote um, and so is the rest of the marketing teams. So we're, we're kind of split between the U.S. Um, most of us are East Coast, Central Time. And then a majority of our website, um, demand gen, SEO, all those folks are in um, Eastern Europe. So they're across Ukraine, Portugal, and um, a few other places. So yeah, we're fully distributed remotely. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. In terms of your content strategy, you guys do so much. I've seen you've got all this top of funnel content with the podcast and blog and really active social, <laughs> all the channels, TikTok and everything. Then you've got webinars, eBooks and things like that. and and then an awesome learning center and customer stories and things like that it's been great just looking at you know all the wonderful content that you create what are your current priorities so for 2023 like the key things that you're focusing on from a content perspective yeah so we've actually done a couple of, of exercises that you know my level and above as far as strategy we've really kind of gone back to we have a theme this year called the year of the customer so we've really kind of looked at our entire customer journey um and making sure that, you know, not only marketing, but sales, CS is speaking the same language and how we think about our customers. How do we engage with our customers? Um, where are they? Where do they want to consume content? How do they want to learn about us? So um, my areas of focus are really at that, that top of funnel, right? Like, like you had mentioned, that discover and learn stage. So a lot of the things that I'm focused on um, are around or are um, organic channels, right? So organic social, um, still focusing on the podcast. Um, and then um, I've recently also been working really closely with our website team. You know, how do we provide a better experience on our website um, when it comes to content? Um, I feel like we've we've kind of, not that we've dropped the ball, right? But, you know, we all know that it's increasingly difficult to get people to move from social media to your website and get them to converge, right? So how do we create kind of more, um, you know, create a more... Uh, place of, of ease to them to kind of consume our content, you know, go from page to page, um, even subscribe to get more of our content in their inbox, right? So my areas of focus are really around driving um, net new visitors to our website, continuing to grow our audience on social media, um, and then also capturing more and more email subscribers. So what ways and activities can I really kind of create content around to, to hit those goals? So, yeah. And you have um, quite a video uh, focus within your content as well, don't you? Like I've noticed, yeah. Is that something that you've decided to go a bit more all in on this year? 
I would say we'll probably keep the same pace as we did last year. Um, I'd say where we're probably going to go a little bit more all in on would be on TikTok. You know, I know there's a lot of conversations about is it going to be banned in the U.S.? So how does everybody feel about it? But we feel like our competitors aren't really doing much there. And there is an opportunity to reach a different generation, a different audience, um, be more poised of a, a thought leader on there. Um, so I would say that we've, um, we've we're definitely looking at ways that we can mix kind of the the fun pop culture type topics with our product and kind of be more instructional. Um, I think Travis calls it like edutainment, which I really love that that term, right? Like how do we ride that line between making sure that we're educating our audience about who we are, what we do, but also entertaining them and keeping them engaged. And um, of course, keeping us top of mind for when they are ready to potentially make a purchasing decision. So, yeah. What I really love about your content is it's just got such a like a fun vibe to it you know it's really informal it's really fun it's b2b and not boring um which you know, you know obviously i think sometimes people feel a little bit challenged by that i know you're you know super proud of your team i've seen your linkedin posts and things like that and you know just really proud of who you have in your team and the different roles that they play uh, do you think that is like so important for a content team to be able to hit that vibe of getting like the lighthearted fun but obviously still uh, on point for your ideal clients and ed edutainment but educational as well um is that all about the vibe of the content team and the and the people are within it do you think yeah i think it's um i think it's important i think you always have to have folks on the, a good mix of personalities on the team i guess you will right like I have Travis, which he is very outgoing. He loves to be in, he doesn't mind being in front of the camera. He loves kind of being that, that brand um, influencer of Canada, if you will, right? But then I have Samiracle on my team, who is a copywriter. So copywriter by nature, she's a little more reserved, but she's smart. She writes really thoughtful stuff. She writes really engaging and intriguing content. Um, so I do think I am fortunate in the sense that I have that, that right balance of personalities and of, of strengths and weaknesses. And I do think it is important for, you know, content leaders like myself to make sure that you're diversifying those personalities. Right. And, and, but also finding people with experience who aren't afraid to kind of push that boundary right to the edge without, you know, being a little bit, um, bold or too overbearing or any of that kind of nature. And, and it has taken us a little bit to get our our senior leadership with a little more experience, a little more comfortable with our style and our tone of voice. Um, but we usually just say, well, the proof is in the pudding, right? In the sense of we've grown our social followers. I think last year we, we grew our followers across all of our social channels by 79%, right? So it's like, if we can create content that's more personal and fun and relatable, then obviously people will want to come and see that content and want to engage with our brand. So yeah, I think it's good to have a, a mix of folks who want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. With your team, is there anything that you guys have done to try and streamline and optimize all those day-to-day -day and recurring processes to, to make life easier? Because obviously you mentioned a lot of things that you're all responsible for. Yeah. How do you optimize that and, and make sure it's streamlined and working efficiently? Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate we have a lot of great tools. We use Monday for our project management. Um, I would also say that we we still, even though we are a team of five, we still rely on contractors and content creators ourselves, right? Yes, we're of course creators, but we're 
we don't have a um, surprisingly considering you do a podcast and a lot of video content we don't have a motion designer on our team on our design team at Panadoc. so we obviously have to outsource that work and find someone who can you know make sure that they they're creating that great content for us so um i would say as as much as we are efficient ourselves and kind of creating the content we do still rely on a lot of folks outside of Panadoc who work with us exclusively to help us um you know get things out the door in a timely manner um we have also started looking at ways to get more with less right i mean it's kind of the theme of this year everybody knows that startups are in a very interesting situation with the the market in the us and layoffs and things so you know our my boss has asked us okay well here's your budget for the year you know where can you guys make sure that you're getting the biggest bang for our buck and so we've looked at ways of you know creating only one podcast a month, which we feel like is really great content, but we'll then take those pieces and make shorter videos, make some blog posts, make some other social content. So we've really had to look at ways to um, make sure that we're we're maximizing our distribution across like all of our potential channels. So um, I think that's going to make us more efficient and and make us kind of pay attention to things that are working really well and things that aren't working so well and, and pivoting from there. So, yeah. And have you um, started looking at, or, or do you already work with AI? So obviously the a big thing that everyone's talking about at the moment is ChatGPT. <laughs> I know from a business perspective, you will integrate AI, AI into the, your offerings, but from a content team and from the content perspective, where do you guys stand on that? Yeah, it's certainly something that we're considering. I've actually been evaluating tools with um, our SEO team. So it's unique in the sense of, content at Panadoc. You guys probably heard me mention at the top of the uh, the conversation. I don't own SEO at Panadoc, right? It's it's definitely more of our demand, chan- demand gen channel. So we're looking at ways of how do we as a content team support SEO because things are constantly changing. They have to constantly update articles. We're, we're at really great positions on SEO for our key branded keywords, right? But it's like, how do we look at something like AI to help us just continue a flywheel of content. So um, I am of a person who thinks if there's an opportunity to further my career, my knowledge, expand my, my, uh, you know, skill set, and if AI is going to help me get there, I'm willing to entertain it. Um, I don't think it's ever going to replace, you know, someone like Tamirical on my team who is a copywriter, um, because I do think that there is a sense of um, personalization that has to go into it. But can it help people be more efficient and work faster certainly i definitely um agree with that like i actually used chat gpt recently to help tyler on our social media team write social posts like he i had a a small campaign for him um he is one person and we have a bunch of other marketing campaigns that have to go out the door so i just did some inputs really quickly for a couple of pieces of content and kind of sent them to tyler to say like hey i've already done half of this for you but obviously it needs a little like finessing um but it was really great it saved me and him a ton of time and so yeah i think it's um it's something that's definitely worth considering especially if you want to be more efficient and especially if you are a smaller team that needs to get more done a little bit faster so yeah just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a b2b technology or professional services company and you want help with streamlining your content operations Outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. 
We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. Yeah, it's about getting good at how to use it, isn't it? And the right commands and, and all of that and understanding it. But yeah, there's, there's loads of, loads of potential to be explored for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now you already actually touched on this when you said that you work with different experts that you don't have in house, like you mentioned about the motion designer, when it comes to deciding what you're going to keep in house and the, the skills and things like that, that you'll always rely on in-house expertise instead what's important to you so what would you uh, look for in terms of right this is the point at which we should go for an external partner to work with yeah I think um one of those one of the a great example of that is the podcast right so like when we started the podcast we were shooting the show in a small apartment in St. Petersburg Florida and that happened to be where my VP of marketing at the time, he was living in Indiana, but he would obviously come back to Florida very often to meet with our executive leadership team. And he had challenged us to, you know, go beyond written content. Like, what does that look like? Everybody's starting a podcast. Let's do it. So we were super scrappy. We were, we had, I think Travis bought like a super simple camera off of Amazon. He had a couple of tripods. He like tried to do some fun stuff with some backlighting and things. Um, but we probably only spent a few hundred dollars. And then once we realized that we were getting, you know, I forget what the exact metric was, but I think we had produced, call it 10 episodes, right? And I had gotten a few hundred downloads. We're like, okay, we're onto something. So how do we make the studio look a little bit nicer? We invested in more quality camera equipment and better microphones. And, um, you know, Travis kept just pushing on his own personal profile on social media, on LinkedIn. Um, and I'd say probably when we got to... Um, you know, probably the, we're almost at the six digit, you know, downloads streams like totals, but I would say probably we got, we were starting to hit the tens of thousands of, you know, um, streams. We're like, okay, how do we make this look really nice? So how do we, um, we were also growing our social media followers at a steady rate. So we knew that there were some, some positive investments and positive, you know, um, metrics of measurement that obviously that were worth kind of our investment. So I would say once we kind of had an inkling that this could be a really good medium and channel for us um, is when we started to kind of look at ways of just making it look nicer. Leadership was willing to spend a little bit more money on it because we had to put our best foot forward, right? Um, we had obviously hit a certain stage or certain people who were kind of paying attention to us. And um that was kind of, I think, when we made that decision to um, outsource. And now we have a great studio in St. Pete, Florida called Coastal Creative. They're great partners of ours. That's where Travis records the show. Um, and then again, we we work with Swan Media, which is a, a, an agency based in Ukraine to kind of do the promotions and, you know, edit and stitch the show together. So um, I'd say once some metrics of streams and downloads were kind of taking off was when we made that decision to to invest a little bit more. Yeah. It makes complete sense and it's a, it's great that you did it in that way in terms of just experimenting first and seeing if it, it showed the signs of something that was worth in, investing in because obviously it's always an investment. So yeah, that's awesome. It's a 
congrats on such a successful podcast it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy it's i think we're on season technically season three of the show i think we'll we'll hit you've already hit 70 episodes next quarter i mean travis and i are already figuring out ways to make how do we make a hundredth episode like a, a really awesome one so so yeah thank you it's been fun it's been a fun learning experience <laughs> i bet <laughs> What's one of your most memorable content marketing initiatives? Maybe you've just, you've already answered the question just then by talking about the podcast, but like, what would you consider to be, I sometimes say the best, but I think the most memorable actually is probably a better question for across your career in terms of these marketing initiatives that just really stand out to you. I mean, it's hard for me really to pick one. I think it's been the evolution of my journey at Panadoc. That's been really interesting, right? I think I think back to the days of um, when I was a partner marketing manager and doing co-marketing and I was really proud of kind of, we did an ebook with HubSpot and it was co-branded and co-promoted. And at the time, that was my biggest kind of achievement, right? And then that was when you could share leads without GDPR implications and things. So I'd say like that time of, of my career was really great. Um, more recently, it's been the podcast that has been a really nice achievement. Um, I'd say now we're turning a new leaf in the sense of um, it's really cool for me to see that our brand um, responds really well on TikTok, right? I think there's some interesting channels that I think content, some content marketers might be afraid to kind of try, but I, it's it's all about experimenting and trying things and seeing what sticks and seeing what resonates and what gets you into a little bit of trouble sometimes too, right? So that you can you can learn from those things. So I don't know. It's really hard for me to really pick one, but I'd say just the evolution of content marketing um, throughout my career and my journey has been really interesting to kind of see um, because as somebody who was a journalism major, I had no idea that this could turn into a full-time job for me, right? And it's been really fun to to see, um, you know, the industry really pick up content and and value content and enjoy, you know, making it a pillar of a marketing team and, and making it an investment. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to see that evolution in, in fun too so yeah absolutely and um, what about things to avoid so do you have any cautionary tales or funny stories of content marketing that's gone a little bit wrong i mean we've certainly got we've certainly gotten a few messages from hr about like what's that appropriate yeah but you know i think I, but it's all been in good fun you know i think i think there's been some of that but i don't know i think what i would say is um i think where i really struggled um, is always proving the value to the business, right? And I think it's it's one of those things that I think content marketers avoid because they're afraid of it. But I think I think that that's one thing to avoid is don't be afraid with it. Start small when it comes to starting to measure the value that you that you and your team brings to a business, right? So for me, surprisingly, we don't have multi-touch attribution and we don't have some of these fancy kind of measurement tools that you would think that would would help us and enable us to make content decisions. So I've had to kind of go back to the basics. So I have a social media monitoring and measurement tool, right? So how do I report on impressions and engagement and engagement rate and click rates? Because all, all those things are valuable and worth kind of reporting on. Um, I've also had to get back to, you know, how are we pulling people off of social and driving them to the website, right? So again, how do I look at ways of creating content that drives engagement, but also ultimately brings people to panadoc.com? Like, how do we get them to learn more about us and who we are? So I would say it's don't don't avoid or don't be afraid 
to kind of look at some of those those really basic elementary type metrics and and being consistent about measuring those because those do make an impact, you know? Um, and I think that's where people kind of get a little nervous, like, well, how am I going to generate pipeline and leads from content? And it's not always about that. And I think, you know, building that business case and proving that to your leadership team is is equally important. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's more about explaining that to the other stakeholders, isn't it? That um, That is not the the purpose and intention of this. I'm going to jump to the quick fire round, should we say. So, Love this. Uh, <laughs> so what is uh, one takeaway tip that we, you would give your younger self starting out in content marketing? I kind of back to my point, don't be afraid to take risks. Don't, don't be afraid to push boundaries because it does get you noticed. And, you know, I think the whole beg for forgiveness later is definitely a rule to follow in content. So yeah, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Um, what's one typically overlooked or undervalued tool that you would recommend to content marketers like yourself? Um, I think um, social media monitoring. So like, like even if even if you um, are one person, there's still a lot of affordable tools out there that can allow you to measure and check on and keep a pulse on your social media channels organically. Um, so I know that's been a huge help for me because I haven't always had marketing ops support or revenue operation support or any of that kind of that uh, um, dashboards and reports and things. So I, I think for me, my biggest one has been Sprout. Sprout, we've been a Sprout customer for several years and they've really helped me, you know, take a look at um, impressions, engagement, clicks, um, and then also keeping a pulse on share of voice. So like, how are we against our competitors uh, when it comes to, you know, messaging and go to market and that kind of stuff. So I think there's plenty of affordable, free social media tools. And that, I think that's something underestimated because a lot of people just think that they got to jump to Google Analytics or, you know, they need a full MTA tool or something like that. So, okay. If you could create any kind of content for your organization, so for PandaDoc, um, and we mean anything. So there's just, you've been given an unlimited budget. So it could be ad with this all-star cast on TV or like <laughs> Times Square billboards, things like that. Sky's your limit. What would you do? It would be, it'd have to be something around like this. I hate to be cheesy, but like the Super Bowl, right? It's kind of the world's biggest stage. Um, I think what I learned about the Super Bowl this year was really interesting as a lot of the halftime performers, they don't get paid to perform. Like They use their own money and budget and all sorts of things to put on a performance. And then the brand recognition that they receive in return probably pays what they what they spent, right? So it's like, Rihanna's a great example. She didn't put on a fancy show, right? But I bet you her her lingerie line and her makeup business were widely impacted by the fact that she did a five minute show on a, on a very big stage. So it would have to be something like that, where where I'm, you know, I think there's a a, a positive conversation happening in the content world around demand capture versus demand creation, and I I'd, I'd want to pick something that would really create that demand, right? Um, and then capture that later, right? So it's like, how do we spend some money on something big branded um, that would, you know, keep us top of mind and and build our brand awareness. So something around that is for sure. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and and finally, on B2B content strategists, we want to be speaking to true B2B content marketing leaders like yourself and specifically in the, the tech world. So who do you think we should invite on the show? Who jumps out to you? There's there's a few gals I follow recently that started their own podcast show. Um, 
Devin um, Bramhall, she was, um, I forget what role she played at Animals, which was a, a um, content marketing a agency, but she started a, a podcast with a, um, a gal, I think a colleague of hers or something. And I, I feel terrible. I can't remember her name. Um, <laughs> we'll look but, them up. <laughs> but look them up. But look up Devin Bramhall um, and her new podcast show. She's been doing uh, a really nice show on content marketing, which I've really been enjoying. So definitely them. Well, yeah. 100%. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you. We'll check them out. Sounds great. <laughs> especially like to shine a light on the female marketing leaders in the B2B content space as well. So awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Where, where would you like people to go uh, to connect with you? Um, LinkedIn is great. I'm just LinkedIn slash Bethany Fagan. Um, and then make sure you follow us on PandaDoc. And I, if you want to check out our TikTok as well, it's at it's PandaDoc. Um, we're having a lot of fun, fun there. So definitely check out our content there. And then the podcast is the Customer Engagement Lab and you can find the Customer Engagement Lab on Spotify and Apple or wherever you listen to podcast shows. We will provide links to everywhere that you just mentioned as well in the show notes for people to take a look. So thanks. It's been an awesome conversation, Bethany. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, it was really nice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, it was great speaking with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought of our conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find Content 10X on all the social platforms or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com, where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one.